Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Purple Noon, a podcast. Long time no see. I am Stephanie Conti, and I am here with the cloudy to my Popeye, Savannah Lanause. We're back, guys. Sorry, yeah, again. Back. back again. Is that how the song goes? I haven't listened to that song in years. <laughs> Uh, we are back, and the problem was, you guessed it, some more health problems, but we're back and sorry, better than ever. Oh this Coke is about to explode. Oh, sorry. <laughs> if you heard the... <laughs> that the was Dr. Like, Pepper? Okay. Yes, the, the Dr. Pepper. Thank you for correcting me. The Dr. Pepper. That's okay. We're okay now. Uh, uh, uh. It was very... I forgot I was playing with my dog, and I shook the bottle a little bit. Yeah, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, we're back... We had some slight setbacks between school and our own health and everything, and health and knowledge is first, followed by cinema, and then <laughs> love. So those are our priorities, at least mine. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was just, I was going to explain to Savannah something real quick, and I may have done something, and I may have done something out of complete randomness. And it may have worked. So I'm going to give her, she knows briefly what happens, but I was like, you know what? I'm going to save this for the podcast because I feel like it would be a little bit interesting to talk about. So we all know I have mental issues. And (laughs) a big portion of that is my weird fascination with the director, Lars von Trier. And we recently, not too long ago, ended up reviewing his TV show, Chiget, from the 90s. And around the time we actually watched it, um, we ended up, like, finding out that they were coming out with the season three over 20 years later. Call it coincidence? I think it's fate. Um, (laughs) So, if you don't know, it is a Danish television show. And it's like a hospital drama, very, like, the closest thing to Twin Peaks, but still very, very different in and of its own, right? So I'm in class, and I get a little bored, you know? And I'm in an online class, so I can go on my computer, and no one's not going to notice anything, right? If you hear squeaky toys in the background, my dog Hamilton is having a field day right now. <laughs> so Hamilton! <laughs> so I'm thinking, I'm like, you know, I don't know when the the next season is coming out more so i don't know how as an american i'm going to be able to watch it you know the the real issues that i'm thinking about like i'm not thinking about school i'm not thinking about work i'm not thinking about health i ain't thinking about you i ain't thinking about me i'm thinking about get and how i'm able to watch it <laughs> so i go to the point where i'm like you know what they they zentropa the production company that lars founded and um that is making riga exodus that's the the next season name of it. God, he's really honking that horn. My he's, God, he's having little, a little time. Blow your lungs out, my lord. Okay, <laughs> so I realized that on Zentropo's website. Um, and keep in mind, I don't speak a lick of Danish. <laughs> this story is really being elevated by my dog toot tooting in the background. Um, but I don't speak a lick of Danish, and this whole website full Danish, right? And I essentially go oh i notice in like one of like these weird files that they have posted it's weird it's like a pdf file posted on their page not really like something embedded in the website but i see below like an email where and i translated the last portion next to the email and it was like oh if you have any questions you can ask this person 
And I'm like, oh, that would probably be my way to go to find out, you know, how I can watch Riet, right? And I, I take the time and I write out a nice little email to this person's email. And the biggest mistake I made was not checking whose email it was and where exactly it was going to. I'm thinking it's someone who works for Zentropa, like maybe like an assistant or something. Because, I mean, why else would they put like, you know, are they going to really let the high profile emails out there? Who knows? So I wrote to them. I was like, hello, I'm Stephanie. I'm a part of a film and TV criticism podcast titled Purple Luna Podcast. My co-host and I recently reviewed Riget season one and two on episode 62 of our podcast. Spoiler alert, we are big fans of the show and are eager for the imminent arrival of Riget Exodus. My co-host and I live in the U.S. and we are unsure. how. See how I grouped you in on this? Meanwhile, you had nothing to do this. <laughs> I didn't know what's happening. The ship alone. I, I actually <laughs> sent you the email by the time I said, hey, was this okay if I did this? So I kind of goofed up there. But no worries. Continue. We're no, we will never, I will never let you do anything alone. Th- thank um. you. Thank you. And I and essentially wrote, oh, we are unsure how to watch season three upon its debut next year. Do you have any knowledge on when and where we will be able to watch the latest season with English subtitles? Thank you for your time. But oh, I didn't end it there. Above my name, is and, and a little bit above, so I put, of course, you know, Stephanie Conti, co-host for Purple Moon Podcast, audemicmedia.com, you know, link it to the website and everything. But I didn't sign off sim- sincerely. So, Anna, can you think what I signed off with? Did you put, like, the good and the evil? <laughs> Did you I really do that? The good, <laughs> oh, my God. These people are going to think we're nerds. <sighs> and then... I didn't just do that. I Google translated my whole thing and I translated it to Danish just to cover my ass in case they didn't speak English. So not only did I have to like run it through the Google translator multiple times just to make sure, like I would run it from English to Danish, back to English, back to Danish, back to English, just to make sure that there were no words that were like getting lost in between the mix. So there's also, there's a, English copy of it and then a Danish copy of it right at the bottom. And it still says, you know, I had to put it in there. And like I said, I'm just thinking like, oh, maybe this is going to go to some like PA. This is going to go to some assistant. This is going to go to just someone on the lower levels of the chain. You know, no, no, because I get an email back from a person. I'm not going to reveal them, reveal their name, (laughs) but I see that it says, under their name in Danish, director, D-I-R-E-K-T-O-R. And I'm like, oh, who's who's this? And then I see CEO. And I'm like, what do you mean? What do you mean? What do you mean? Who did I just send this to? Who did I just <laughs> make us collectively look like a fool to? And then, like, I didn't realize that the little you know, there was a little portion of the message hidden. And so when I clicked on the little see more option, I click it now, I realized I had messaged an email, the CEO to a Danish communications and PR company. Oh, God. I messaged one of the largest (laughs) communication companies in Denmark. And I emailed about it. And I emailed him. And I, I, we got a response. We got a response back. And he says, I don't know, but I've reached out to the production company and will await their answer. 
<laughs> That's fantastic. I can't believe it. I swear to God. And I've been telling people like about this. I'm like, look, if this, if we end up getting a PR package or something from this, I will scream. If embarrassing myself is what it takes, you know, embarrassing us, if that's what it takes to get a <laughs> PR package, I'll do it every time. I mean, in all real- reality, who else is asking for it besides us? I mean, I'm sure their interests were peaked, you know? As soon as, because also you have to realize, you know, to us, we know that we're like, we're just amateurs. Well, I'm not going to say amateurs in film criticisms, but amateur in the podcast rule due, due to our viewership. You know, we don't have a ton of viewers and stuff like that. But at the end of the day, I presented us as film and TV criticism podcasters to a PR company. And that's pretty ballsy to do. <laughs> like I said, though. I mean, I there's think, no lies. No lies. I think no we got a good here. shot just because I really just don't see anybody else not only asking for it or doing stuff like you just did. <sighs> just for the move itself, we should get something. I, I'd like to think so too, and I hope so. But I was genuinely like, when I saw CEO, I was like, wait a minute. I literally had to make sure that CEO in Denmark was the same as CEO in the US. And I was like, wait a minute, wait a minute. And then I even looked up the company and I saw the dude all the way at the top, his little photo. And he was smiling and it said CEO of the communications company. And I was like, oh my God. And I'm just scrolling through and I see so much press for like, Danish movies like if we end up becoming the Danish film podcasters I'll scream I'll scream what did you get me roped oh no because then it it, no Steph because then he's gonna find us for sure okay I'm sorry I'm sorry but I've been dreading that like oops but I do it again you know Uh, like oopsies what what a nice guy to answer back to you know I know. It he was very nice. And the fact that he put like his little like, you know, his little signature and uh, but as soon as I saw director and CEO, I was like, "Huh? What? What did I just do?" <laughs> and then it, it just it, I didn't even think to think, you know, maybe Maybe this PDF that you're like, oh, that's a weird PDF. Maybe it's weird because you're not supposed to access it, Stephanie. Like that thought never popped up into my head, you know? Oh my God, they're going to find out it was you. They're going to find out you you hacked into this. Well, because it's weird. Like it's weird that for a, a production company that they post PDFs rather than like website pages. I don't, well, I mean, we don't know how they do things in Denmark. But here's the thing, like this could go different ways. And I say this can go different ways because of this, because look, we've talked smack about Lars. I I like the dude a lot and I like his movies, but we've also tossed a lot of smack. But guess what? You know what else we've also talked smacked about too? Another round, which is a Zentropa film. And that was produced by this, like it was published by the same publishing company. Oh, but we said we liked it. We said I don't we remember said, that. I said I enjoyed it. We didn't <laughs> we didn't like no, what we really what we really trashed on was Malcolm and Marie. There's no coming oh, back. We were that apart. There was no going back from that. Sorry, Netflix. But uh, <laughs> another Oopsies. round, I feel like we had some positives. 
we had some positives. We sprinkled in our opinion, but we didn't trash it. Now, I just want to say I publicly made an apology for Lars for some of my comments. Yeah, yeah. We just hope that we get to it, you know? The man still scares me. You know, I think what happened was I went to Zentropa's website, right? And then you see, like, the first thing, it says 9-9-2021. But what I didn't miss was at the top, it actually said, which I'm now thinking means press release. (laughs) I really done goofed it. I really done goofed it, didn't I? You know what? I think but I goofed sh- it. I, go- I goofed it so hard I ended up girl bossing it, you know? I think this shows how much you appreciate the show, really. And I think they should take it as a token of admiration. And nothing yeah, else. Like, it, it says here, um, you know, f- it, it like literally at the end it says, you know, I also should have realized that it says at the end like I thought it was just a regular, like, Danish word. It actually said the production company's name at the end. But I thought, because it's only, like, one word, I thought it was, like, thank you or something like that. Like, after reading it, I don't know. And then it said, like, uh, information, contact. And I was like, oh, that's contact, information. <laughs> I reached out to dude. I don't think Danish works like that. But it also, it says his name, but it doesn't say, well, it literally says for, information, contact. And then it has a name and an email, but homie doesn't specify, this is this email to the CEO. It did not say this man at CEO.dk, you know, like there could have been other ways that they could have let that known, you know? Yeah, I I agree. They wanted this to happen. They were just they were just trying to see who was willing to go that far, and they found their answer. I was so. when I tell you I'm in the middle, and I but not only was I in the middle of class writing that the next day I was in the middle of the class when I realized we got the email for it, and I was trying so hard, and like my Zoom is on, and I'm trying so hard to keep my composure and everything. But um, yeah, if um. If the uh, Danish communication, I'm not revealing names just because I don't, just God forbid, you know, any crazy person's listening and they no. try to contact or anything like that. Yeah. Um, but like, uh, yeah, I would, lo- we would love to be on your PRT. So, you know, I would totally learn Danish for reviewing purposes. We will spread regat to the ends of the earth. For I, already, we, I already do. I don't know about you. I already do. I did it once, but I'll do it again. And let's also make something clear. Like, I think we also have to say Denmark's doing something right. Denmark, in terms of cinema, they're doing right stuff. Sure. We got Mads Mikkelsen, just a Uh, roam in the globe, spreading his talent everywhere. We got Lars bringing us things that we haven't seen before, bringing back an old goodie, you know, too, like yet. Well, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Hello, Lars. Always pops up somewhere. Always. And I I swear on my life, I will call you up screaming, Savannah, if we end up getting something from either, like, Thomas Winterberg or, you know, Lars. I will scream. I will, too. But not for the same reason. I don't realize that, like, I, I think at this point, too, I realize, like, you know what? It's okay, Stephanie, to just come to terms that you are a weird little... Denmark fan, a Denmark cinema fan. That's and okay. That's fine. They deserve some love too. I still can't believe I did that. I still can't believe I did that. 
it would be very fitting that our first PR package was from Regat. I think in the first episode, we well, I think in the first episode, I when we were talking about like our favorite directors and stuff like that, we actually like. I think you said Lars. Lars. No, I said Lars was one of my favorite directors. And I was like, Stephanie, please. <laughs> and you just hardcore. And then remember, we got that comment from that one dude who was like super aggressive. Well, that was because I made a joke about how like he was a Nazi, which was just a joke because he's made some off-colored comments. And one gentleman in particular felt very upset about this joke, and that is why I issued the apology. Yeah, it was definitely like it, for our first episode it was definitely like out of left field you know to just be commented on like that and like also the fact that anyone was listening for our first episode yeah, you know? i wasn't expecting that that was very very interesting his you fans know? go hardcore i'm telling you yeah they do clearly i know i am one apparently <laughs> <laughs> and then also just kind of realizing like at the end of the day, I ended up messaging a CEO to a company to find out when a show is going to air. Sounds like the most ridiculous thing of all time. But I did it. Yeah. It's done. If we get something out of it, even better. If if you start seeing like us at the premiere and like then oh my god, could you imagine if we got like a full ride? Oh to I'd Denmark? scream. I'd scream. Oh my god! I, I'd, I'd scream. I would have been Udo Kier. <laughs> I'm pretty sure, like, they're entertained at the fact that it's like if if they did any digging on like Audemic Media stuff, that you know, it is just two young girls from Florida. From Florida, yeah. <laughs> from Florida, talking about a Danish television show. What can we say? Well, I mean. <laughs> So, um, just as a little, um, before we talk about the movie we're going to talk about today, there's the, the, the Denmark story. Hopefully next time you hear from us, um, you know, we have an update, we have an update more to the story. Maybe we got plane tickets book. You never know, you know, um, Savannah, I'm so happy that you finally given in and you're starting to watch a show and, I'm so happy you're on it. And please tell me about oh, that show and, and what's going on. Like, how, how's everything going? So good. I am ending season two. I just started like a few days ago. But uh, it's Bates Motel. And Stephanie has been trying to get me to watch this for a really long time. And I finally have time to watch a new show. It is amazing. I was worried that it was going to be some weird prequel to psycho because i really enjoy psycho but it's amazing i didn't know they could pack so much story in just from one movie Mm -hmm. like there's so many sidelines the characters are all interesting the casting is so good you see why everybody's crazy i am and it really honestly for a show that hasn't been talked about that much since it ended or so even really since it aired it pushes the envelope oh my goodness i also really will say there has been a lot of debate about norman bates as a character um from the movie kind of like is he sick is he crazy and i feel like this show's point of view kind of clears a lot of that up so i really enjoyed that the fact that we kind of 
get a deep look into his character. Obviously, I know it's not the same as the movie, but to me, it makes sense. Yeah. So I really, really enjoy it. It's very good. It's not even... It's it's interesting. It's not that old. It might be like seven or eight years old. And I never heard about it. Like I, I briefly saw sometimes it was on Netflix at one point. I know that. But I've actually yeah, never it's heard. Like, I think it's on like Peacock or like IMDb TV, like things like that, like lesser known types of streaming systems. And it is so good. Oh, it's it's very addicting. So much. What's really impressive about the show is something happens in every episode. There are yeah. no filler episodes, which is very impressive. Oh, yeah. And it totally like snowballs. It totally just goes and goes and goes. And when you think, oh, they can't do anymore, it just keeps going and going. And I also really appreciate the psychology elements. You know, you have that 60s twang and inspiration, although it's set in a more modern time and stuff like that. And it, I, I think overall, it's such a great show. And I truly, for me, it's rare to watch a show that... um I honestly wouldn't change a thing about it. Like, that's what's rare for me. Even shows that I love, like Twin Peaks, immediately what pops up into my head. Just you. Yeah, that's stupid. Throw that out. Throw that out. That was seven minutes of my life that could have been elsewhere, you know? But uh, love you, David Lynch, but no thanks for that. Um, But yeah, so... I, I really like every episode, and I've seen Bates Motel at least three times through. I don't think I've ever thought, mm, that episode wasn't needed. You know, I've, I've yeah. consistently thought, oh, dang, that was a good episode. Dang, I want more. You know, it's, 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 I think it was just overall just extremely well written, well acted, and well directed. The house. I think one thing that also gets me one over every time I watch that show is also how amazing, like the amazing job that they did to recreate that set and everything. Oh, yeah. Because that's not even the original set house. No, they did a fantastic job. It ended up being filmed, I think, in either uh, British Columbia or maybe in Canada or something like that. Like it, it, And so that was a whole brand new set. And the set that they did for the house and for the motel and everything was just amazing. No, yeah. I, I, I really think they did a fantastic job of setting up just the entire movie of Psycho. So I highly, highly recommend. I'm not even done with the series. I highly, highly recommend still. I love how I'm thinking about the last two things I've recommended to you and you've watched them through entirely have been two things that have been extremely similar, but also extremely different. And that's literally Bates Motel and the Chris Chan documentary series. The Chris Chan documentary really took a toll and drained me. God, you know, I, I can't look like it's one of those things now where even like, you know, my boyfriend, Zach, (laughs) <laughs> he has someone in his class who draws Sonic and he goes, dude, that looks like Sonic you. And like, <laughs> like, I can't see any handmade drawings of Sonic without thinking, first of all, Sonic you. I mean, that's just, that's the impact, you know, that's the impact of documentaries. No, it's, and honestly, you're right. It's the same kind of situation if you think about it. Yeah. Uh, like you know like it kind of is chris chan before chris chan and you know it's it's but it so feels so different you know watching them but also in reality it's it is similar sadly sadly it's similar yeah 
But, Not great, but you know. <laughs> but today, although this uh, recording will be out in more like mid to late November, um, November we are dedicating November and the makeup parts of November, probably like an additional two weeks of December. It's going to be mafioso November. So we're Ooh. dealing with a lot of, you know, movies that are either related to the mafia, related to gang, or just like very infamous, that type of era, you know, movies. So we're kicking it off today with The French Connection. And if you didn't know, The French Connection is about a pair of NYPD detectives in a narcotics bureau that stumble onto a heroin smuggling ring based in Marseillais. But stopping them and capturing their leaders proved to be an elusive goal. So last month we ended up reviewing a, a William Freakin film. And this month we're reviewing a William Freakin film too. This is one of his, uh, this was pre um, Exorcist. And it stars um, Gene Hackman as Popeye, Roy Schneider as um, Cloudy. You have Fernando Rey as uh, Alain Charner. You have Tony LaBianco as Sal Boca. And Marcel Bosafuzzi, Bosafufi? Sorry, bro. <laughs> so, sorry, Marcel. Bosafufi? Oh, my God. As Pierre Nicoli. Try sorry. Best. It's okay. <laughs> I pronounce Danish with such confidence, but I can't pronounce this last name that's Italian. Maybe I'm half Italian. Good Lord. Sorry, dude. Um, so, yeah, so that is the, the cast, uh, the main cast, at least. Um, this was my first time watching The French Connection. I felt like The French Connection had been like this almost like this, you know, kind of iconic film that I've heard all through the years of me learning about film and stuff like oh, connection French connection so good so good and so Savannah this was your first time watching the French connection as well right yes I've seen bits and pieces before but not the whole thing yeah so overall without any spoilers what was your opinion on the French connection oh I mean I think it's fantastic uh one it, it's very interesting I think when watching this like it's probably one of the first how I would describe like crime thrillers, drama, mm -hmm. that kind of documentary. It is, it's very interesting to see this and think of like, I don't know, like five, six other movies or even the genre itself like came from this. Yeah. Um, the characters are very unique, especially for the time. Like just the, the two man, the two main characters are fantastic. The movie is shot really uniquely. Um, I really enjoyed it. I thought there wasn't, there, not a slow moment. I thought the movie had a great pace. Um, without spoiling anything else, I really liked it. thought it was great. I will say I did like the movie. I liked it, but not for the reasons that I thought I would like it. And I mean, what I mean by that is I felt like I was – I'm not going to say cheated – I felt like there was a big illusion around this movie being like a very big blockbuster and things like that. And although it did have a great commercial success, I feel cheated because I didn't realize that for a movie of this caliber, it really was an indie film. It yeah. really was a low budget film. And I think that's what made me fall in love with the movie more. And also from a perspective that I wasn't able to under, like I wasn't expecting. So because it is a, and I'm not going to label it as like your typical run of the mill indie film, you know, but um, it still had a budget. It was just definitely lower than average for the time. Um, it did well and it pushed the envelope. And yes. not only that, but even with, you know, some camera shots and everything like that being a little 
off, in my opinion. It was still really well-directed. It was still immensely well-acted by the two leads. And also, keep in mind, too, this is really before the two leads, like, mainstream success. This is before, you know, Gene Hacksman, The Conversation. This is before Jaws. So it really was cool seeing, like, these two powerhouse actors, you know, in their almost, you know, low-budget indie phase, and it ended up being phenomenal. Um, So now let's talk spoilers. Let's get really into it. So the plot was not what I was expecting to be. Um, I think when I was thinking, like, and I know that it does kind of somewhat have a little bit of ties to the mafia. I picked this film originally without realizing it because when I looked up mafia films, it actually comes up as like one of the top mafia films. No, no, I, uh, I mean, I, I don't think I would it. categorize that as such, but I do think it, it's in that era because it's also like right before The Godfather, you know, it's also in that whole line of, you know, just this type of movie and everything like that. It has elements as well, but it's oh, for definitely sure. not like centered around like the mafia yeah and it's just i also was not expecting it to really be a buddy cop film i think i was more expecting like a mine hunters like a detective like a david fincher before david fincher type of movie right where i was expecting very two very smart and slick cops and we kind of got the opposite of that Uh, No, I agree. I was expecting more investigation, but I will say, I think the character of Popeye Doyle with Gene Hackman is very unique for its time. Because before this, when you look at like police and the good old like good guy, bad guy trope, it's very clear. But when you have this essentially dirty, unsympathetic, sociopath-like cop, and his partner, it's kind of the ultimate anti-hero movie, which what I was not expecting, especially for 1971. And it, it makes sense, though, around that time, they were starting the 70s. I know you told me this before. The 70s really pushes the envelope. That's when they started to do different Oh, yeah. Stuff. And this is like riding off the wave of like Dog Day Afternoon, like a lot of things where now we're seeing a point where in movies, cops aren't really being portrayed as the hero and this was like a first for cinemas you know at the time where all of a sudden we were kind of getting you know not the oh the cop like or the superhero like cops or anything now we're getting into like you know the cop who's accidentally handcuffed who's allowed this girl to handcuff him to a bed and he can't reach it or you know the cop that actually is responsible for the death of a former cop because he thought he had a hunch and i really like this illusion that you have throughout the film that you think Popeye is onto something and he was, but not to the extent. And in the end, how it causes him. I think also how blase it was taken about, like in terms of, you know, there's one scene in the end and I'll kind of, I won't spoil too much of that now. Um, when we talk about the end specifically, um, I'll mention it, but like even the end, like it just overall shows that from the get go, like, even all the FBI investigators, CIA, whoever else, government officials that were involved knew that these two cops weren't going to be the persons for the job. Yeah. And I, I, I liked that, and I wasn't expecting it. And I also really wasn't expecting the ending. Um, I do like how you can see um, Popeye being played by these, you know, French, Frenchmen, we'll just say Frenchmen henchmen. Um <laughs> You know, just being played by them like a fiddle, you know, but also showing like 
Popeye's hunch did work to one point, but only to so far, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a big downfall in the character in the fact that he's sort of an opportunist. Mm-hmm. And that's what kind of leads him astray, almost. I was also very much surprised to see, like, how how well Gene Hackman and Roy Schneider's character worked really, really well together. I wasn't yeah. expecting me to like them together so much as I did. So great casting choice in, in that realm. Like, I think... Uh, I don't want to say buddy cop because technically that's not what this is, but like they are probably the best duo in mm-hmm. this genre for sure. Oh, and then there is, I do want to shout out because I really did like him. I think it was, um, I don't know if he had a name or anything, but there's a scene in the beginning where, um, first of all, the running Gene Hackman does, I commend him for his <laughs> agility in this movie. Like the amount of times I looked at my boyfriend, I said, dang, he fast was a lot. I said that a lot because they really made, you know, Gene Hackman run for this movie. Santa, that man was moving. Yeah. Also, I really like this idea. I wish it was a little bit explained more. Um, I actually had to look it up when he says something where he's like, you are picking your feet in Poughkeepsie. I was like, what on earth is this slang? Like (laughs) Poughkeepsie is an actual city. But like I was what on earth is this? And apparently I ended up looking up. It's a tactic that police officers use to throw off like during interrogation. So it could help reveal like some type of deviancy or something. Cause if you have like someone who's panicking, right? Let's say they were involved in like drug smuggling, right? If you said you were picking your feet in Poughkeepsie or something, they wouldn't go, huh? They probably, their first reaction would be like, no, I wasn't. And that's a lot more, revealing you know so i ended up learning that um that that's what pick because i was like is that is that another slang for like that is, heroin that is, is extremely weird yeah so I, I i looked it up and that's what essentially most people were saying that it was a um like a type of cop t- uh, tactic that is used um but there's one part where he's in um a bar and i believe it's an all-black bar um and he's interrogating people in there. You know, a bunch of people are spilling out hash, weed, whatever. And there's one guy who he starts roughhousing and he, he's like, come on, we're going blah, 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 and it ends up being an informant. And I really liked how that scene progressed and everything and stuff like that. I will say for the times, and I hate that I have to say this, but I'm really happy William Freakin didn't need to go to the point of like having Gene Hackman's character say any obscenities during that scene. Cause oh, you know, yeah. for the times and everything, I was like, please don't say, please don't say anything. And you know, I was, I was really happy that there was like, you know, an informant involved and stuff like that. But I, I really do commend. Cause I, I think that would have just been like unnecessary, you know, especially now as someone, you know, people who live in 2021 looking back at 1971 and everything i i thought it was awesome that william freaking didn't make those decisions because at the time let's be honest even if he did no one would have bat an eye at it so i'm really happy he didn't go that route with um his character um because sadly i hate to say that would have been realistic for the cop character you know at that time hell oh, even yeah. after, you know but so yeah you're really happy point. that they didn't do that Oh, you make a great point. Um, me, me and my boyfriend were like, oh my God, no, please don't say anything. <laughs> Thank God. Woo, you know? No, I mean, I know, like, for example, we didn't review one movie just because they had some 
And it, it, the movie was shot in the 60s. I don't remember if you know which one I'm talking about, but... Oh, um, Eclipse. Yeah, because they had some weird racially charged scene that was just plain racist. Yeah. And, but, like, very, very racist. Um, and I think... Unfortunately, and, like, a what, lot two of- years before, you had, um, oh, what was the one guy, the one actor in um, Breakfast at Tiffany's, like, only a few years before doing um, Asian fishing. I don't know why they don't cut that scene out. Like, they don't- They just- really should. I ended up- I, I, what, Did you and I go see it in the theaters? No, no. I, I ended up seeing it in theaters with someone, and it was so, like, unnecessary to keep in. It served no purpose whatsoever. Mickey Rooney, that's who the actor was. It was Mickey Rooney, and it was just so unnecessary. And we were just like, God, can we? Can they just take this out? And it's interesting. Like, I always thought the 60s were a little late for blackface and yellowface. Like, yeah. I thought that was, like, gee, this is the 60s. Like, I, from a movie, even in, like, because you see it a lot in the 30s and the 40s, and you're just like, ew, okay, well. And even I don't the 50s, like too, they did a lot. Like, even like Brando had a had a sour moment where he did, like, you know, Asian fishing and stuff like that. Um, or essentially just pretending to be a Asian man, and they put prosthetics on him and stuff like that. Like, it, you know, it, it's just, it, it was crazy. You know, what executives will, you know, say to convince actors, you know, oh, that this is okay, right? And, you know, that stuff haunts their careers. Like, there's even a video of, um, I think it was Judy Garland. Yeah. Um, there's a young video, like, a young Judy Garland in her teens, you know, being told to do blackface for a performance, you know? So, it's just, it, it's, I, I'm just really happy for this movie. Either they decided to cut it out or they just, you know, the fact that they didn't use it at all, I was really happy about. Oh, absolutely. That it, It's just a stain on the film. Essentially, yeah, because so. it's not like, look, if this was like, oh, our main character is a notable KKK member, like, then, then maybe it would provide a context. <laughs> but when it's like not needed, it's like not needed for future audiences to see, you know? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, I, I totally agree. That's that would be just unnecessary. So I was really happy with that. And I really liked how it was a different approach to the buddy cop. It was more so of a a cop that wasn't best on his senses rather than a complete a-hole. You know, he wasn't me. I mean, obviously he roughhoused a few people, you know, especially in that bar. And he was just saying weird things. Like, I remember on the way out, like, I think he looked at one woman and he was like, are you going to fix your hair? And then he just like, walked out, <laughs> which was like really weird. Um, but like, you know, I, I'm just happy that they didn't do, um, I'm happy with the approach that they did for Popeye. It was something that I was not expecting for the times. Absolutely. I think the film is, I mean, one thing I was impressed with when I was watching it, it felt almost like documentary. Like it was very odd. Like he did a very unique job at filming this movie because I was just like the, the cuts, the, the, the way it was, I, I was just like, is this, this is documentary style. It was, it's kind of like the first time we saw that in this genre as well. So I, I, I like that at least. Yeah, there were just so, a, a lot of great scenes in this movie. 
like the beginning with the Santa, you know, him dressed up as Santa, the car scene and how uh, one thing that even um, my boyfriend, because he's obviously, you know, Zach, he loves cars and everything like that. He said that was really impressive was the fact that they kept crashing the car and you could tell that they were using the same car over and over again for the crashes. It wasn't multiple different cars. It wasn't it looked like just single takes of this car getting obliterated, you know, so that was really cool. And also like he was pointed out to, he loves like be like Volkswagen Beetles. And there was like a, a ton of Beetles in like the movies and stuff like that. And so he was like, they used the, the, the sound that they used for the ADR matches, <laughs> with Beatles. you know, he's a nerd like that, but I thought that was cool. And I appreciate that type of sentiment too. The train sequence was awesome. You know, even with the guy running up the stairs and everything all the way till the end. Um, I do think that there were, in terms of the downfall of this movie, there's not major downfalls. It's more like little baby steps down. I do think the overall stakeout scenes took far too long. I think this movie's about an hour and 44. I think it easily could have been an hour and 20. Oh, yeah. I mean, the first of all, the car scene is amazing because I've never seen a movie where, like, that that scene is at least 20 minutes. And <laughs> yeah. it's the best 20 minutes of the movie, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. But when they're staking out, it definitely is. It slows the movie down a good amount. You have this high pace, well, not high pace, but like good paced film with like it's it's action, it's you know thriller, and then like you kind of slow it down. And it's not a long film, like you say. So I agree. Like when when that scene would come on or scenes would come on, I'd be like, all right. Like the first time it was really great. And oh my God, the soundtrack that they used for this movie was a fantastic choice. And it really shows like, it kind of was like this little spooky ambiance to like what would come of William Freakin's career? Because then the next movie he would make would be The Exorcist. Mm. And of course it just seemed so right and fitting at the fact that he ended up using a, you know, almost horror-like soundtrack for the film. Yeah, yeah. So when he's like lurking around the corners and you hear like the little tone and stuff like that, that was great. I think that easily could have lasted five minutes, but it, I think it lasted about 20 or at least it felt that way. So they definitely could have cut a little bit off of that, you know? Absolutely. It was a little slow. Yeah. Um, I, I think finally one of the last things to say is the ending and the culmination. I really do like, uh, you know, the fact that Popeye's hunch was right. But I also like the fact that at the same time, he was wrong too. You know, that hunch carried over. Like he was, he was like, oh, for two up until the point where he realizes that the drugs were in the car. And I thought it was really smart how they figured out it was um, um, like using the weight of the car and everything like that. How it really just was like, you know, just completely lined with heroin. Yeah. Also, by the way, if anyone was watching that little, I'll give you, here's a little science fun fact for you. The scene where they're testing the heroin and they're boiling it. It's to make sure because heroin and other comp and other compounds have a boiling point. They can test the purity of it by matching its boiling point. So they were testing to see if the heroin was pure. I used to do that stuff in a lab, but not with heroin. <laughs> I would do it for like science facts. With I would do it for like sugar and salt, <laughs> <laughs> not heroin. So yeah, that's a little science. I was like, ooh, I remember doing that because I, I used to have to do the same thing um, in organic chemistry. So a little fun fact for you there. They were testing the melting point of heroin to test its purity. Um, I like that little science scene. That was fun Love for it. me. Um, and then I think really like the fact that he was right, that the whole car was lined and stuff like that. I thought that was very smart. 
one thing I was not expecting was at the end for Popeye, spoiler, spoiler, to shoot one of the FBI agents dead and just continue on the chase as if like completely unfazed and everything. I love that because I think it essentially just encapsulates the character. Not only was he, he was right, like you said, but he was also wrong and he didn't care. In fact, he probably still believes he's right. In that yeah, way. I think I you and keep in mind there was rumors throughout the entire movie that this has happened before, and it's like oh no, don't say that, don't say that, and then in the end it's exactly what he did. Yeah, and it's perfect. I really love the ending. I think it's exactly what it should have been, and I really like that the fact that the character still believes he's right no matter what. Like at the end, even when he shoots the guy, you can tell he still believes he's right. Yeah. I will say one thing about the film that I think it would have been overall better. A lot of those men look too dang similar. I did not realize it was the (laughs) FBI agent until I realized that the name that was said was not French. So that was one thing, too, where even like midway during the movie, my boyfriend was like, I can't tell the difference of who's who that's a really good point it was all middle-aged white men (laughs) it really and it was just it was all dark hair mediterranean features you know like there wasn't really anything distinguishing between them except your 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 lead you know your two leads you were able to distinguish between them but between unless like if they were just standing around saying nothing i couldn't pick them up in a lineup you know i'd be like oh you all look the same to me (laughs) it was only when they spoke or when i heard a name and i was like oh evil dude oh fbi oh this and that you know that's a good point but that was i thought a a really really great ending to it and just not what i was expecting and honestly probably the best ending that that film could have had and also the fact that it also ends with saying like oh yeah like this person gets goes to federal prison for two years this person and then the guy who's been you know popeye wanted to chase all along ends up fleeing and in reality because this is all based off a true story in reality ended up winning because there's sources they say that he fled to france and made it yep crazy 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 stuff but uh overall it was really well done movie and i really liked the the indie elements i'll still say of the movie overall and it was definitely a lot better than i was expecting absolutely me too i really really enjoyed all the characters and the ending for me was very perfect so overall, two questions. Yes. What would you rate this movie? And if it was, would you own it in your personal DVD collection? So I absolutely would own it. In fact, I will probably buy it at some point. Criterion. Um, you got to stick this in somewhere. Of course. They need to. Um, if I had to rate it, I'd give it a 9 out of 10 just because I thoroughly enjoyed it. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think a major thing for me is it's as good as it is. It's not something I'd rewatch unless I was maybe showing somebody else. Yeah. Just because I, I, kind of, I, you you know, what's going to happen. You know what I mean? Like, okay, like now the surprise element is over. Yeah. Um, But all in all, I did think it was fantastic and I would definitely own it. Okay. I'd have to say I give it a... 8.5 
five. And just because I do feel like it's not just a, oh, those slow moments I don't need. I do feel like it does hinder the movie because it also, if those slow moments weren't there, then I feel like this movie would be a lot more easier to recommend. Um, I still recommend the movie. Like, don't get me wrong there. But like overall, it's harder. Like if someone likes, like this is the movie that you recommend to someone who says like, oh, I like Le Samurai. You slap them with this if they haven't seen that, you know? Or if they like any type of like mafia crime movies, you know, and things like that, this is the movie that you show. But in terms of overall an action movie or, you know, overall just a movie that is, you know, nine times out of 10 people are going to like, I think those slower scenes inhibit that. So that's why I give it an 8.5 out of 10. And I totally would, totally would own it on DVD. And I probably will. If I, it's going to be one of those things, if I'm, you know, snaking my way through the Walmart $5 bin and it's there, psh, picking it up, you know? Yeah. Sounds fair, dude. Mm-hmm. All right. So the next time you guys will hear us, we will actually be talking about the movie Gamora, continuing Ooh. on with our little mafioso November, you know, mafioso November. <laughs> I shouldn't say mafioso. I don't know what mafioso means, but whatever. Mafioso November. Um, have you seen Gamora before? No, I don't know anything about it. So this will be a brand new one for me. Same here, same here. It's been a movie I've heard a lot about. Um, and I'm very, very eager to watch it. And as always, of course, so this is a little bit special, our outro. And I say it's a little bit special because not only are we saying, um, a thank you to homeboy James, not only are we saying a thank you to Sensei David, but we also have another person to thank. And this is our latest Patreon subscriber, uh, Danny, Danny boy. Thank you, Danny Danny boy. boy. Thank you so much, Danny boy. Thank you. Thank you. And you will be hearing your name on through every podcast as so long as you are a Patreon member. Thank you so much for your support. And if you would like to be mentioned and shout out in every single episode from when we receive the notification that you have subscribed to our Patreon and everything, uh, check out our Patreon link down below. It's only a dollar a month. That is $12 a year. And by 2030, you will probably be paying $12 for a cup of coffee. So it's really... the way things are going, yeah. If Starbucks is inflating and we're not, what's the better buy? <laughs> <laughs> you know, we cost as much as an Arizona iced tea can a month. Think I think we're that. worth Arizona iced tea. I think, I think so. Yeah. I think so. Definitely a green tea. Not Uh-oh. maybe not even herbal, maybe not the herbal RX. But definitely <laughs> a green tea. <laughs> uh, but thank you so much, uh, Danny Boy. Thank you so, so, so much. Appreciate it. And yeah, all links to our socials and TikToks are down below. I've been slacking on TikTok. I'm sorry, guys. I work now. Just She's a working adulting. girl. I'm a working girl. And I've been, you know, doing what I need to do, you know, making that dough, making that moolah. I teach microbiology. If anyone needs help, hit me up. <laughs> I also tutor in film editing. That's my do a personal meeting with her. Go sign up for her tutoring <laughs> session. If you want to contribute to the Purple Nuna podcast, go to Patreon. If you want to help pay my bills, hit me up through Varsity Tutors. Oh my god, just just a meet and greet. I, that's really funny. Can you imagine? I'm like, oh hey, like how can I help you with today? And they're like, I'm actually just a fan of the show. I feel like, bro what (laughs) but yeah so uh thank you everyone so much for listening and hopefully this will be back us back on our our regular weekly update schedule knock on 
every substance around me that I don't get another double ear infection that set us back for a month. And then you get sick. <laughs> and then I get sick again. And then you get sick again for even longer. <laughs> knock, all in, knock all of that away. So hopefully that doesn't happen again. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. And next time we see you guys, we will be talking about, or next time you hear us, we will be talking about Gamora. Bye. See ya. Bye.